fellow pilot friends this is Fritzy your host pilot friend and certified flight instructor hope all is well and you are having a great week uh, today we are going to cover two topics uh, the first one is Oshkosh uh, 2021 um, I will uh, give you a couple highlights uh, of Oshkosh Air Venture and focus on the arrival and getting to Oshkosh the other topic I would like to cover is what's in my flight bag and why. So I will walk you through what's in my flight bag and I will give you examples why I carry those items. With that said, let's go ahead and jump in uh, to our first topic, uh, Oshkosh 2021. Um, again, I had uh, the great pleasure to take uh, my boys, uh, 16 and 10 years old, uh, up to Oshkosh and spent four days uh, enjoying Oshkosh Air Venture with uh, friends, family, and everything aviation. A couple of things I wanted to cover, um, as I talked to several pilot friends, who actually been pilots for you know, 15, 20 years, and they still don't feel comfortable flying into Oshkosh or even around Oshkosh during Air Venture. So I will need to share my opinion. Uh, again, this is just a uh, high approach flying into Oshkosh. Uh, um, this year, again, I had the pleasure to fly VFR and I flew the Fisk arrival and landed um, in VFR conditions on runway 27 in Party uh, Piper Malibu on the grass. So the Fisk arrival, that's the arrival that if you're coming in VFR, you have to be familiar. And every year, the organizers uh, published the Fisk arrival. I'm not going to get into uh, the details of the Fisk arrivals, but what I will do, a good friend of mine, uh, Martin Pauly, who's also a CFI and YouTuber, uh, created a really cool video uh, flying the Fisk arrival. So in the podcast notes, I will post that video and I highly, highly encourage you to watch it. Um, if you don't feel comfortable flying into Oshkosh, uh, there are several alternatives. Uh, the first uh, two, uh, whether you want to stay north of Oshkosh or south, uh, north of Oshkosh is Appleton, Wisconsin, and the airport ID is Kilo Alpha Tango Whiskey. That's an easy airport to get in and out, and there's public transportation from Appleton to Oshkosh. Another Alternative is Fond du Lac, and that's south of Oshkosh, and the airport ID is Kilo, Foxtrot, Lima, Delta. Those are two really good alternatives. Uh, traffic obviously is uh, uh, much, much lighter than going into Oshkosh, yet you're close enough because you can hop on the shuttle and uh, get up to Oshkosh within 30-45 minutes. One more alternative that I would like to call out is Madison, Wisconsin, and the airport ID is Kilo Mike Sierra Mike. I'm sorry, Kilo Mike Sierra November MSN. The reason um, I, I recommend Madison, first of all, it's only about an hour and a half from Oshkosh. So 
you can fly in you can uh, fly GA into Madison uh, they're very very GA friendly you can also fly commercial it's uh, I believe a class Charlie airport so it's a fairly large airport so you can fly commercial and rent a car and then drive to Ashka so I, I have several friends who who've done that they uh, flew into Madison and rented a car and uh, that's again an amazing experience regardless of which option you choose um, I highly highly encourage you to come visit Oshkosh it is a lifetime experience it is a bucket list item if you an aviation enthusiast get to Oshkosh plan for it fly your GA aircraft fly commercial to Madison rent the car doesn't matter just get there and spend uh, several days there the highlights of Oshkosh for me the by far the favorite part is the night air show usually the night air show is Wednesday night and Saturday night so plan ahead so you can attend at least one of the night air show it's absolutely breathtaking so that's it Oshkosh uh, check out the note uh, check out the link uh, in the notes section by uh, the uh, YouTube uh, video by Martin Polly flying the Fisk rival okay so let's pivot and cover the other topic I wanted to go through today it's what's in my flight bag and why so over the years as I read a lot of, a lot of articles talked to a lot of great pilots mentor pilots uh, certified flying instructors I collected all of this information and uh, that's what I um, use every time I fly I fly with my flight bag and uh, the flight bag is near to me in the airplane so if I need to I can access all the tools I have within the flight bag so the first one pretty obvious I have an iPad mini that's uh, mounted on the yoke uh, with four flight I mentioned uh, in previous podcast I fly uh, with four flight I also have a 10-inch uh, iPad as a backup uh, also with four flight uh, the reason I use a backup iPad is sometimes if the Sun hits your cockpit uh, your primary iPad can get really hot and then it just shuts down or says uh, you know uh, cool down the iPad before you can use it and that's absolutely critical to have a backup right uh, especially if you're flying IMC or you need an instrument approach plate or arrival or departure plate you obviously don't want uh, your iPad to shut down and uh, don't have the appropriate uh, uh, chart in front of you I also have a Stratus 2 ADS-B weather and traffic uh, now again some people may ask why do you use that uh, if you do have a um, uh, ADS-B transponder which is required uh, as of 2020 uh, you already getting weather and traffic but in case something happens to a transponder or if you're flying an old plane uh, without the um, ADS-B transponder I use the Stratus 2 and I get weather and traffic um, awesome capabilities right you you get uh, a real-time a real-time weather or almost real-time obviously this is not uh, a radar so almost re uh, real-time weather and then you get traffic which is really really great for situational awareness and spotting traffic especially if you're flying close up to an airport uh, personal locator beacon um, this is of course the airplanes is equipped with a four, uh, 406 megahertz uh, 
um, ELP, but this personal locator beacon, I have it registered um, with, um, I forgot the, the name of the organization, but anyhow, it's registered to my name and it's a, through a GPS satellite system. And if something happens to me, I can push the button, I, I can activate it and they can uh, with very high precision, I think within a meter, they can spot my location through GPS and immediately send a search and rescue. So that's again, super, super helpful. Hopefully I will never have to use it in my flying career, but it's there in case something happens. Um, I also use this uh, personal locator beacon when I do backcountry mountain biking, hiking. So, you know, I, I use it um, for other reasons, not just for flying. Okay, the next two, it's really, really important and I will actually use an example. So I have an electric carbon monoxide monitor and this is not the two, three dollar that, you know, you buy and the color changes of the, if it detects carbon monoxide, this is actually an elect electric device. And um, again, please invest a couple hundred dollars in a really good quality electric carbon monoxide monitor. It could save your life if uh, carbon monoxide gets into the cockpit. Um, the other uh, tool I have is oximeter. Um, and again, for a very similar uh, reason that I can uh, monitor my oxygen, blood oxygen level. And this is, uh, even if I fly at four or 5,000 feet, uh, I, I monitor it uh, if I'm flying an unpressurized airplane. So why do I have this? Uh, I, I give you a quick story. I'm not going to give you the accident uh, number or tail number, but uh, about two years ago, uh, a young gentleman, rest in peace, uh, purchased a new uh, airplane. I, I believe it was a Piper Cherokee. And um, uh, with the flight instructor, they uh, went for a hunting trip. I, I believe this was around Thanksgiving. Uh, they took off and... Um, in, in near Des Moines, so this accident happened near Des Moines, uh, the flight instructor uh, passed out and uh, I believe the, the student pilot and the passengers, they thought that maybe he had a heart attack and then the student pilot took over the controls uh, trying to land the airplane. What they didn't realize that there was a crack in the exhaust pipe and uh, carbon monoxide was getting into the cockpit. So. Again, don't know the details. Uh, obviously, MTSB has all the details, and I, I don't even know if the final report came out yet. Um, but most likely, uh, what, what happened that as the student pilot was flying the airplane and navigating the carbon monoxide level uh, in the cockpit got critical. Um, perhaps the student pilot passed out, and then the airplane um, ended up crashing in a cornfield, uh, killing um, all the uh, the pilot, the certified flight instructor, and the passengers. I believe there was three or four individuals on that plane. So again, two simple tools, electric carbon monoxide monitor and an oxy, uh, oximeter. Uh, use it, especially in the winter months when, when you are flying with uh, the heat on. Turn it on, monitor it. Okay, I have a handheld radio. Um, again, there is a very specific reason why. Uh, you know, if for some reason you're, uh, you have an electric failure or your radio um, fails, you can always turn on your uh, handheld radio. Um, or, you know, if you're flying at night and you're coming into an airport and you have to turn on 
the airport lights uh, and you know you have an uh, electric failure then the only option you have is turn the handheld radio on uh, tune in the frequency and the usually the common traffic advisory and turn on the lightings um, here is again another accident uh, rest in peace the pilot um, this was an ATP pilot uh, just purchased a Cessna 150 and was flying it at uh, flying it home um, at night uh, on the way home it had an all-electric uh, failure and could not turn on the runway lights or the airport lights and I believe even somebody tried to help him on the ground uh, with a car uh, to lit up the runway anyhow the the unfortunate part of the story is that this pilot tried to land the 172 crashed it and killed himself so again if he would have had a handheld radio uh, perhaps could have turned on the the airport the runway lights and um, could have lived for another day a couple other uh, tools in my flight bag I have a high quality tire pressure gauge you know this is absolutely important right even more important than for cars to make sure that you have the appropriate uh, pressure in your tires and check it often right don't have to check it every time you fly but I would check it um, at least weekly or every other week if you own your own um, aircraft um, I have a couple tools I have pocket knife I have a multi-tool I have several flashlights uh, obviously I have extra batteries I, I probably carry a half dozen AA uh, batteries and of course make sure that you have the um, um, not only the aero documents but you have your pilot certificate uh, your medical certificate your pilot logbook if you're a student pilot once uh, once you are a certified pilot you don't need to carry your pilot logbook so that's uh, that's it for today uh, fellow pilot friends hope uh, you are enjoying my podcast and uh, learning something new uh, uh, in each episode that is the goal uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me you can uh, uh, text me or email me my phone number is 614-787-8139 um, I love hearing from you um, share your stories if you have questions if you need help uh, I will uh, get back to you usually within 24 hours or feel free to email me and my email address is fritzy at lifepilottraining.com and fritzy is spelled Foxtrot Romeo India Charlie India at lifepilottraining.com. Have an awesome weekend. Train often and fly safe. I'm gonna fly. Yeah.